Badgers, a lot of turmoil. MLB playoffs starting today. What time is it? 11 o'clock? Right? Yeah, 11.07. 11 07, first that. pitch. Wow. Rays and uh, Guardians. Ooh, we. Uh, speaking of Rays, this guy's a ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life. Our guy Dave Essler, Uncle Dave. Good morning, David. Good morning. I'm sorry you have a dark and dreary life. Well, not right now, Dave. Today is right now. Is a I highlight. would say all the clouds have been lifted when we talk about Major League Baseball in the postseason because we don't even have to worry about the Brewers anymore. Dave, I equated it to like, uh, this, and this happened to me not too long ago. I'm not looking for any sympathy, but I had a cat that was just, I knew it was time. I didn't want to do it, you know. She was maybe hanging around a little too long, and then eventually it was, like, it was stressful. And, you know, you know, doctor sleep comes for all. So, you know, made the proper arrangements and had to put her out of her misery. I feel like that was the Milwaukee Brewers. They were like my cat. I, thankfully, the uh, the Phillies euthanized them. Well, I guess that's a pretty good analogy. Very creative. That was good. Thanks. I guess, uh, it's painful but, for me. But, but, but in reality, to, to, to limp into the playoffs and then get swept is actually worse. <laughs> 2020 was like... <laughs> 2020 for the Milwaukee Brewers after coming off of 2018 and 2019, where 2018 they shocked everyone, went to the NLCS, and in my opinion should have won that series outside of a couple of mistakes in a couple of games. And then 2019 you had the Josh Hader couldn't throw strikes, and then the air in the outfield and the Nats went on to win the entire thing. You're sitting there going, man, shortened season. Brewers got to feel pretty good. And then the next thing you know is they're under 500, get in as the eight seed and get absolutely embarrassed by the Dodgers. Never should have even let them in. Well, well, Dave, how about this? Are you gambling on any of the uh, wild card rounds starting today? I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, those are tough. I kind of like to see how the first game of each series goes. You're a a patient man when it comes to this. Okay. Well, patience is a virtue, Dave. not, not, Not always. I mean, you know, for example, the the Mariners are kind of taking a lot of the money and the and the tickets against the Blue Jays. But you know, Luis Castillo, the only advantage he has, and you guys know him well, is that Toronto hasn't seen him. But you know, he can also be a he can also get hammered. So yeah, I don't know, Dave. Out of all the games, that was kind of the one that I liked. Was I didn't bet it, but Seattle was the the one. The reason reason that I came up with was. Seattle overall against Toronto this year was five and two. Plus, they're a good road team, and the bullpen definitely better than Toronto's. Yeah, I no doubt. And Toronto kind of limped in, and Seattle's on a super high. So, I can totally see why that money's coming in on Seattle. I'm not so sure. I'm ready to put my money on it, though. Hey, Dave, um, we'll put Ebo's money on it. Yeah, I'm Jerry. Yeah, I'll be your sacrificial lamb. I mean, either winner, I don't, right? Dave, let me ask you on uh, college football front here, since we're going to be patient with baseball. Uh, so the Wisconsin Badgers in some turmoil, and, right. you know, Paul Chris been fired. Now the players are, like, holding eulogies. Speaking of eulogies, is like for the former coach. Like, he's still alive. Uh, and now they take on Northwestern at Ryan Field, a place where they play very poorly in history. Uh, so with turmoil for the Badgers, they play historically poorly at Ryan Field. But Northwestern, man, do they stink. How do you look at this game as the Badgers? What is it? A ten? Is it ten and a half now? Ten and a half point favorites with Bucky. What does what does Dave Esser think of this? I, I would totally pass. I mean, Wisconsin's upside is clearly better than Northwestern's upside. But you you know you 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 said pass with the first word or two that you said with turmoil. Yeah. I mean. Do you, you know, and I've said it a million times, do you want to bet on a team to do something that they haven't done yet? No. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you have to, pro- you have to probably look at the under for sure. 44. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I don't imagine Northwestern is going to score many, and I don't know that Wisconsin can. Yeah. Oh, Dave, what are you looking for in college football then, my friend? Um, well, we, I'm on a recruiting mission for Nick Saban, so we'll have to make this brief. <laughs> um, yeah, recruit know. Nick Saban to be the coach for Wisconsin, right? Well, you know, I was here listening to that, and I, I don't know that I don't want to be critical of the program I'm not as familiar with as you guys, but, you know, is it time to abandon the good old boy network, really? Get I away mean, from uh, Wisconsin people? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you know. For the right head coach, I think it would be time. Well, I mean, Ryan Day is from New Hampshire. Uh, Nick Saban's from West Virginia. I Nobody mean, wants not, Urban Meyer. I, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you could get one of those top tier head coaches, Big Herb, and they're on board with coming to Wisconsin. I don't know how you could say no. I too, I would agree with you. 
Hey, Dave, um, give us, I, don't, I yeah. want to be able to get some picks in here. Give us a little little nugget out of college football, my friend. Um, in Las Vegas, I kind of like Notre Dame over BYU. I mean, there's a couple triggers there. Number one, the, the unranked team is is significant underdogs to the ranked teams. And, you know, I, you can look at Notre Dame one of two ways. You know, you can look at the, you can look at the, uh, the uh, wins, uh, over North Carolina, which was actually better than the box score, um, and they played Ohio State probably as tough as anyone's going to, or you can look at the, the Marshall loss and the lackluster win over Cal. Um, I'm going to look at the I'm going to look at the two good wins. I mean, the Aggies uh, last week, Utah State got over 200 yards on the ground against BYU, and you know, look ahead game or not, that's unacceptable. So yeah. I I I have to reluctantly uh, like Notre Dame. And hey, that's Rowdy's I second like favorite the, team. There you go. Um, I, like the, I like the under in the Tennessee LSU game. I mean, that total is like 60-something. That's that's kind of ridiculous. I know both teams can score, but, you know, both teams have, like, elite defenses. I mean, they, they, they both allow, like, 3.6 yards per play on the ground. And, you know, I can't get to Auburn as much as I want to for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's, a, it's an 11 a.m. game. And uh, as opposed to an 8 p.m. game where they, they have a, probably got a significant advantage. And, you know, yeah, I know LSU beat Auburn last week, but they were outgained by over 160 yards. If Auburn doesn't have four turnovers, LSU doesn't win that game. Um, Tennessee's off a bye. Um, the downside of that is they have Alabama next week, so they won't be in there. I, I kind of like the under. I mean, I don't see – I mean, when I make a bet like that, 60-something – Basically, I need ten touchdowns to lose that bet, and and I just don't see it. Yeah, Dave, you are a brilliant man. Uh, how about this? Let's go to the NFL ranks. I saw you on Sunday. Uh, one little tweet about the Green Bay Packers, uh, as you are a, a Patriots fan. What did you think of that that Patriots <laughs> Packers game? Bailey Zappi v Aaron Rodgers. Well, surprisingly, I actually watched the whole game. I mean, even as a fan, I wasn't expecting it to be that competitive. But I guess you know it's. It's classic. The Packers don't take New England seriously. I wouldn't have either. Um, and New England's coached just well enough to keep it competitive. But, yeah. You know, so I'm, 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 our playoffs hopes are already dashed. Dave, how about this? Looking forward though, since you got a little, you know, a little view in on the Green Bay Packers, they're now in. Obviously, you know this uh, in London on Sunday, taking on the Giants. Uh, Packers, not many injuries at all. Giants, a lot of injuries. Packers favored by eight points at the Tottenham Hotspurs Arena. How much factors does jet lag come into this in the eyes of a you know prolific gambler that you are? And what would you think in, or do in this game? Well, I don't know that there's as much jet lag as you might think. I mean, it's you know five hours yeah. over there, and you know from you know New York to LA is five hours. So yeah. I don't think that's a huge factor. Um, the time change might be. I mean, it's it's a factor, but they go early enough. I mean. I, you know, those London games are almost automatic under games. <laughs> I mean, they are. I mean, it's been a lot of. Well, this is the first time in 31 games that there have been two teams with winning records going over there, three and one, both you know, Giants and Packers. Um, uh, there's a lot that could be said about that. You yeah. know, do, 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 does London know any better? Um, is London know. calling? Well, I think you, if when you are going to make the case for an under here, the Packers' offense definitely isn't firing on all cylinders. The Giants, just with all their weapons out, especially at the wide receiver position and Daniel Jones being beat up, if you can stop Saquon Barkley, I can't imagine that the Giants are going to score many points. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. And I think one of the things that, you know, I, I don't know the numbers. I could look it up, but 80% of those games over there go under. And I wonder how much of it has to do with lack of preparation. I mean, they're going to, you know, travel and yada, yada, yada. And now you have a non-division opponent, and you know I really don't know how much how much you can put in for a game plan. Yeah, and that's why I I can't play the Packers in this because it's they haven't gotten margin when they've had time to 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 script everything out or against even lesser teams. That's why I gave out a teaser with the Packers. He is a big tease, isn't yeah. he, Dave? I mean, that's fair. I mean, getting them, getting them under a field goal is fair. Right? I know last week somebody was talking about when I said we have to do a show on teasers, uh, they were teasing the Packers down to three and a half, and I cringed immediately. <laughs> hey, Dave. I mean, you, need, 
You just don't do that. Uh, I want to get one NFL pick in if there's kind of, you know, the little Leary in the Packers before we hit break here. Uh, what do you got uh, out of the NFL? Just give me one game that Mr. Essler, Uncle Dave likes. Yeah, I'm going to give you one that I like because Rowdy doesn't. Um, I like the, I, I like the Washington Commanders. I mean, nobody seems to want to bet them anymore. Well, they stink. Dave, um, it's not that I don't like it. It's that I can't actually do it. <laughs> okay. I look at I look okay. at this Commanders team and they look like they are their ships have been sunk. The, outside of Carson Wentz playing well week one, the defense has just been terrible. Ron Rivera, the riverboat sank. Yeah, the team. We'll just say it looks like the team has cancer, and I, oh, I it's hard. I know Tennessee's offense stinks. I know they don't have any healthy receivers outside of Robert Woods. I know that all you have to do is key on Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill isn't some top 10 quarterback that can make his own plays. But so man, a little side bet going, Dave. But man, I like the head, but, the head yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. with the commanders, but the, the body's saying, no, don't do it. Well, here's the thing. You just said, I know this, I know this, I know this, then do it. I mean, I guess my thing is like, who are the Titans anymore? I mean, you know, Washington... They beat uh, a decent Jacksonville team, and Philadelphia is a legit Super Bowl contender. But, you know, the Eagles scored all 24 of their points in, in one quarter. You know, I don't know that Tennessee's played a good game yet. They they didn't beat the Colts. The Colts beat the Colts. The Titans had, I think, just 243 yards of total offense. I mean, you know, they beat the Raiders barely, and, you know, that game doesn't look as good now. They lost to the Giants at home. Um, they lost that game in spite of having only 156 yards in the air. The Giants did. I mean, I, I can't get to Tennessee, so by default, you know, the Titans defense is 30th in opponent's yards per play. That's horrible. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this real quick. Head coach, I'll go with Vrabel. Quarterback, I'll go with Tannehill. Running back, Tennessee. Wide receivers, clearly Washington. Defense, with how poorly Washington's played, I'll go with Tennessee. I just... I don't know. Dave? Okay, side bet, maybe. Side bet, side bet. Witness. Witness? Is that rowdy? Side bet? I, Dave? I, I don't want to play Tennessee. I just don't want to play the Commanders. Dave, witness. It's happening. Hey, Dave, before I let you go, real quick, everything going cool in Florida? You all right? Everything everything good? You're... Oh, yeah. We, we got out rather fortunate. All right, so, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Dave, are you golfing today, tomorrow? No, I played yesterday. That a baby. Any hole-in-ones? Yeah. I assume so. Um, yeah, too. <laughs> I love it. Dave, we love you, buddy. We'll follow along. Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. You, you the man, Dave. See you on Cliff. All right. Love, love you guys, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, Benjamin, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you thanked Craig Council yet? For what? For pulling pitchers early all season and then losing those games, therefore giving the Phillies the chance to get into the playoffs. Have you thanked Craig Council yet for his use of... Uh, Pitchers who are dealing and pulling them early? No, I think the thanks are uh, deserved for Mr. Stearns for shaking up the team. Well, maybe that. But the reason I bring it up, because we were going to do a, a little year-end review, last last breath of Milwaukee Brewers here. We did offense yesterday and pitching today. And I was curious if you were just to happen to thank Mr. Gregory Council for uh, all those games that everyone said, well, it's just one game. It's just one game. It's just one game. And then all those one games actually add up to a bunch. And then... You look at what happened. They missed the playoffs. Then the next thing you know is you blew 31 saves. Um, no, I'll let you guys take that slant. I think I don't even think it's a, I think that's just real. I think Craig Council was dealt a, a, a tough hand with the roster he had to try to will to the postseason. Well, on that roster, Rowdy, uh, how about the pitching side of things? We did, we did offense. Yeah, so we talked about the offense. We kind of did some thumbs up, thumbs down for majority of the players. But overall, the offense... Slightly actually better than last season. They hit more home runs. They scored very slightly more runs per game. But at the same time, they still continue to suck when it comes to leaving runners on base and hitting with runners in scoring position. Now, looking at the pitching staff, coming into this season, there was a lot of high hopes. You returned your back end of the bullpen in Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter. Obviously, two of those three guys, Hayter and Williams, had won the last four reliever of the year awards in the NL. And not to mention in the 
starting rotation, you brought back basically your entire starting rotation. You felt like you were six or seven arms deep in that rotation. And oh, by the way, Burns was the Cy Young Award winner in 2021. Woody and, and Freddie Peralta also finished in the top eight. Yep. So you thought you were coming back with a big time uh, arms arms race here. Remember at the beginning we were talking about do they have the best pitching staff in baseball? They were talking about the Mets were one of the teams that rivaled them. Well, we can say that they did have a ton of injuries, which they did. But if you're a Mets fan, say, whoa, 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 but what about us? We lost Scherzer, Scherzer. for like eight weeks this season. We didn't have the Grom for half a season. Like they can make those same arguments and say that, you know, we didn't necessarily get the dealt the net, the best hand when it came to injuries yet. Guess what? We won a hundred games. Yeah. Yeah. You, you bums one eighty six. Well, I just want to look at every, every single pitcher individually. We'll kind of do the, the same thing. Thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs up, down, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First guy we'll go with Corbin Burns, reigning Cy Young award winner ERA just under three had the first 200 inning season since Yevani Gallardo in franchise history. Also Struck, led, led yeah. yeah, led ma- National but, League in with the uh, I think it was the majors outs. in strikeouts. Thumbs up for Corbin Burns for me. I'll give him two thumbs up. I mean, he wasn't quite as good as he was in 2021, but he was legitly the best pitcher in the NL last year. He was still a top five pitcher in the NL this year. Thumbs up. Good job, Corbin. Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff is a guy that uh, had an ERA just above three. Struck out 190 in a little over 153 innings. Now, he's a guy that I would imagine would have got to 200 innings had he not come down with missing, oh, what did he miss, a month and a half with the finger finger issues where he lost yeah, feeling right in now his fingers. Syndrome. See, that's unfortunate. I still give him clearly a thumbs up. He pitched Same. well. When he, when he was thumbs healthy, up. he pitched well. I'm sorry you can't hit anymore. You just hit dingers, but pitching, thumbs up. Your third starter coming into the season, do some Freddie Peralta action. Now, Freddie Peralta, this, this was a guy that was on the shelf multiple different times. He's, I think he missed nearly three months in total. And Freddie Peralta ended up pitching to a tune of an ERA just north of three and a half. Still had over, I, I think his case per nine was still roughly 10, which is pretty high. But overall, yeah, I mean, he was four and four. I would say Freddie Peralta when healthy, I would still give him a thumbs up. He was solid and good, but he just, he just wasn't healthy. A Freddie Peralta season. I'll, I'll go neutral. I'll, yeah, I'll that's be the, yeah, the, the neutral. neutral because I can't say he was bad because he really wasn't bad. He just wasn't healthy. Just right in the middle there. You right look in at the middle. You look at Eric Lauer, who is supposed to be probably your fourth starter. Another lefty pitched to a tune again, ERA just North of three and a half. Struck out roughly one guy for every inning pitched. I think I would go thumbs up for Eric Lauer. I think overall for a fourth starter. Thumbs up for Eric Lauer, too, for calling out management and their dumb quote of taking bites of the apple. Yeah, and for a fourth starter, if you told me that you you have a fourth starter whose ERA is barely over three and a half, I'd say that's pretty damn good. Eric Lauer, thumbs up. Thank you, Eric. Now we kind of get to the, the five, six, seven in that starting rotation that the Brewers had. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off here. Adrian Hauser, thumbs down. When he pukes before he pitches, thumbs up, but he didn't do that this he season. He looked so good for about down. a month and a half this year and then was Hauser got pretty housed. underwhelming. For Adrian Hauser and what he did last year, it's a thumbs down. Overall, if we're talking about an average pitching staff where he's the five on your team with an ERA still south of five, it's it's probably all right, but not what you were expecting. Thumbs down. Aaron Ashby had a lot of bad luck this year. Didn't pitch very well. Let innings get away from him again. Pitched down. to an ERA roughly at four and a half. Thumbs down. It's thumbs down for me, especially for a guy that just got an extension. And I'm just going to lump all of these guys into the same, same thumbs up or down. I'm going to go with Trevor Kelly, Jason Alexander. <laughs> all those. Hey, ty- you leave Jason out of this. All those type of guys. You leave Jason out of this. Thumbs down. You're terrible. Jason is the summer of George. I loved it for the Seinfeld references. Thumbs up for Jason. Alexander. When you have it, when you have a whip, ben close to 1.70, you're terrible. Ben, Jason Alexander, thumbs up or thumbs down. Jason Alexander, thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, neither lukewarm. I'll take it. 
All right, Rowdy, what else? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Just looking at the bullpen now. So Josh Hader, no longer there. It's Devin Williams. I still say Devin Williams. I mean, he pitched to an ERA south of two. The guy was still really, really good. Man, now, he really blew it a lot at the end, though. Did he, did he allow a lot of guys on base via the walk? Yes. Did he get out of a lot of those? Yes. I still say you can't you can't look at his numbers and say he was terrible. Devin Williams is a thumbs up. Man, he was a real little stinker at the end of the year, though, wasn't he? Overall, you look at Brad Boxberger, who's supposed to be your seventh inning guy. Pitched to an ERA under three. Overall, I think Brad Boxberger, thumbs up. I know he did kind of fall off late here in the season, but who didn't in the bullpen? Brad Boxberger overall still a thumbs up for me. How about how about one of the guys that was supposed to be in the back end of the bullpen uh, when they acquired him? Matt Bush. Down. Thumbs down for me, too. Matt Bush sucked. You should have been the, the, Brewer. the Brewers wild thing. You were in the the Florida Penal League. And not... Mm. So I actually... Got a lot of high hopes for him. I actually saw a stat on Matt Bush. And when he was with Texas, he gave up more home runs in two months with the Milwaukee Brewers than he did in four months with Texas. Mm. He had an ERA just south of five... Mm with the Milwaukee Brewers when that same ERA was in the two eights with Texas. I liked the move at the time, but Matt Bush himself performed. He sucked. Yep. Matt F and Bush. How about Taylor Rogers? No. Thumbs down. Stinks. Taylor Rogers sucked and it made it even worse when the organization tried to claim that he was going to be the, you know, the good closer that was going to fill in for Josh Hader. He's a lefty. Look at what he did. Blah, blah, blah. He stinks. He, he got on my radar real early before he was even a brewer that he sucked. That was when we bet against the brewers. Stinks. Remember that when he was the Padres closer and he blew the game in May. Yeah. He stunk. Then you look at some of these other guys that are lower level relievers. Like honestly, you can kind of lump all these guys into, them the, together, in, into the same. Take this bandit off. Jake McGee. He was terrible. That was an, an experiment. That, that didn't work. All of the guys that well, they basically bye. tried to bring in and experiment with this year, it didn't work. You'll have that. But some of these other guys that you can all kind of lump into the same category, they're guys that were low leverage relievers like the Gustaves of the world, the Jake Cousins of the world, uh, I'll even go with the Miguel Sanchez's of the world, Justin Topa's of the world. All these guys that have in the past come in and give them really good innings and have been pretty effective. I'm not going to go thumbs down. I'm just going to say they're neutral because they never could stay healthy. Luis Perdomo yeah. in that list. If those guys would have been healthy all year, I think they end up being a thumbs up like they were last year. But again, injuries bit them in the ass. And all of these guys that are quality arms that give you innings no longer are there. And they just weren't healthy. And then I think one guy will give a thumbs up, even though he faded late, kind of like Boxberger, Hobie Milner. Who would have thought Hobie Milner would have been as good as he actually yeah, he, was, he was this year? Yeah, he was decent. And then if I'm just going down this list, I'll give Trevor God a thumbs up. I know his ERA ballooned towards the end, but he was on the IL quite a bit towards the end of the season. He was a guy that was a nice find for what he was asked to do and where he was asked to pitch on this team. Other than that, though, the injuries really killed him. I, I will say this. Peter Strezlecki... He was a guy that was a triple A arm that was basically forced into action because of all these injuries. I actually say he was a thumbs up. He pitched quite well for what he was asked to do. Didn't he now, give him the back to back home runs last year? He game? did. He did. <laughs> but I'd say overall, his entire season. Not that it matters. He, I mean, he logged 30 games for the Brewers. Yeah. It's a guy that you were hoping wouldn't even log three. I would say overall, he was a thumbs up for what Stress he was asked lecky. to do. But maybe the best relief pitcher that the Brewers had all season. And I got to mention them before we're done. Mike Brasso pitched to, <laughs> an, e- pitched to an ERA of zero. One of the best hey, guys that they could bring out of the bullpen. Oh, Rowdy, that's funny. And let's wrap it up real quick. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for Brewers front office management? Thumbs down. That's two thumbs down. Well, and I would say overall, when healthy, the bullpen was still okay outside of a couple of those guys. It's just the health really killed them. Starting pitching, I will say this. Starting pitching got worse, and they weren't healthy. Ben, go Phillies. Let's go Phils. Thank you. Let's go Phillies. It's the return of Red October. 
Let's watch Albert Pujols, Yadi Molina, Adam Wainwright. Let's watch their careers end this weekend. I like that. How great would that be? I think Wayno comes back next year. Okay. Hey. I, that aside. Hey. Come on. Let's go Phillies. We don't need more Albert Pujols in our lives. If you can be, if one of us can be happy in these two rooms that we're in, studio. Many would I hope not like you. it to be me, but it no, might I want, as well I want be it to be you. Therefore, when Rowdy comes in happy, it makes my day easier. When yeah. you come in happy, it makes oh. my day easier. When you guys come in like grumpy bears, it makes my day more difficult. But <laughs> when you guys are happy, I like that. So let's go Phillies. Let's Goodness. make Ben happy. Let's make Rowdy happy. Rowdy, I mean, do you care who? I don't care at this point. RJ, we were uh, talking about this, you know, later in the day Good after the word. show. Uh, Rowdy, after doing some reading. Well, we were uh, listening to Jesse Temple and the Bill Michael show after and, us because uh, Benjamin got him on. And then uh, we listened to the camp. If you want to listen to the camp, it's our sports director, Zach Heilprin, who does the podcast with Jesse Temple mm-hmm. from The Athletic. They talked about, obviously, this article. So a uh, little snippet here. Uh, Paul Chris went eight months last year without a recruiting department, and things got a little sideways. So here, I'll read a little of this, the snippet of this article. Well, I mean, he had... Well, hang on. Let me just read it, and then you can... Because uh, I already dove deep. Uh, last season, Jimmy Rolder, a six foot two and two hundred and twenty pound linebacker from Maris High School in Chicago, visited Wisconsin for a football game as a prospective recruit. Rolder was a late bloomer with loads of potential, the type of talent Wisconsin often identified early and signed. There was just one problem that day. Quote, no one talked to him, said one source with direct knowledge of Wisconsin's recruiting operations. Quote, no one knew who he was or anything about him, end quote. Like Biden there. Uh, By December, Rolder had blossomed into a four-star prospect who signed with Michigan, where he has become a key contributor as a freshman. Quote, no, that's not telling me to say quote or end quote. I'm just, yeah, I'm not like Biden. I'm just seeing the quote. The lack of recruiting department hurt that heavily, said another source familiar with Wisconsin recruiting. They probably would have had Jimmy Rolder. End of little expert. I will say this. Uh, that after doing some digging, after we talked, some digging, that's not an isolated incident. So uh, there's due to lack of a recruiting staff on visits. It does seem like there was more favoritism towards recruits that were coming in. And there were some people who people noticed weren't even getting talked to by staff. Yeah. No, well, that just, sounds like an even bigger problem then. The start well, of, it comes when, you know, they didn't have... They so the start of this is Paul Chris went eight months last year without a recruiting department. Well, they still had uh, the guy from Iowa who was heading the recruiting department. They were just doing it archaically. So it was like him, a bunch of uh, not full-time assistants, and then the coaching staff. So... It was more or less old school recruiting. So it they had a department per se. It just wasn't a modern recruiting department. So I think the question of the lack of a recruiting department is a legitimate question. It's like, yes. like that that's legitimate. This- I have to give one person some uh, credit here. And one person, I think it was this spring. I think it was right around when the Brewers were starting, when there would be like some Badger football news that came out here and there. But this one person said, and me and Ebo kind of scoffed at it, that the recruiting would go down and Wisconsin would not recruit at the same level they have been because they started pulling in four stars, a couple five stars, good, high quality three stars. And it was just like we talked about since what, 2018-ish? They started grabbing a lot more four stars, Mm -hmm. and the recruiting was on the upswing. Ben Kenny was the one that did say that. Now, he was more or less citing that Saeed Khalif was leaving for Michigan State, and he was kind of heading up their recruiting, and that him leaving was going to have it fall off. So I'll give him at least partial credit, because he did say the Wisconsin Badgers recruiting would fall off with him leaving. But I think the bigger... The bigger thing that no one saw coming was the fact that they wouldn't replace him with really anybody for nearly a year in college yeah. football. Division one college football at a program like Wisconsin, where they they are a tier two, or we talk about them as a tier two 
wanting to get into a tier three or sorry, wanting to get into a tier one, like an Ohio state or an Alabama or a Georgia, all the fans are clamoring for that. I think Paul Christ and the Wisconsin Badger players themselves would like to beat Ohio state here and totally. And if you're in that tier two, tier three, and you're looking to jump up, how in the hell in a sport like college football, can you go without a recruiting department for nearly a year? So, which is a leg- that's very legitimate. This one guy in this article, though, they talk about a four star who later blossomed into a four star prospect. Probably not the best example to go off. Of you can game. find you can find a bunch of kids and their family members. So this is an unnamed source talking about uh, a source familiar with Wisconsin shooting. Like, yeah, blah, blah 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 blah. You could find a bunch of people who. Wanted to play for Wisconsin, mm-hmm. maybe weren't heavily recruited or recruited at all. That could say things like this, and then maybe blossomed elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could you could find a bunch of people that have a probably a bone to pick. So, using this one example, I think is a little unfair, but it raises a good question: well, like, why do you wait will, eight months without a recruiting department? I will say this: this happened under Saeed Khalif's watch. If well, part of it. So part of this lies in the recruiting staff in twenty twenty. Because this kid is uh, Jimmy, what, what is Rolder. it? Rolder. R-O-L-D-E-R. Uh, you want to know when he finally w- had stars put to his name? I would love to. This time last year. During his senior well, year. The bigger issue for he had me. no stars before, right? He had no stars up until October of 2021. Because he didn't play a 2020 season. Correct. Well, it was a truncated 2020 season COVID. in spring. So it was spring 2021. Yeah. Didn't play varsity football until spring of 2021. Huh. Had, hadn't played linebacker until spring of 2021. So was anyone recruiting him? No. Well, uh, this is the thing. I don't care what recruiting department you're in, whether you're Alabama, Ohio State, or you're at a Mac school like Ball State. You are going to miss players. You're not going to get everybody. It's just yeah. like a draft. Yeah. If you hit on a lot of good players in a certain year uh, – you're going to have a good team. If you don't, obviously you're not. But if you think about it, RJ, there's 131 teams in college football, Division One. Mm-hmm. There's roughly 120 kids on a team, 80 that suit up, right? Uh, yeah. That's well, over fifth. That's over 15,000 kids that'll be on Division One rosters. Of course, some are going to slip through the cracks yeah. that you're not going to hit on, or that you completely missed, or that you didn't even you didn't even recruit, even program. though they were right under your nose. Like that will happen from time to time, just because it does. But to not for you to say that this wasn't an isolated incident with this one, because like you said, this kid came onto the scene late. Out of nowhere. If they weren't even really that interested and, and then all of a sudden it was late and they're like, ah, eh, well, he's kind of already gone. We didn't really look at him. He might not want to come here. I get that slipping through the cracks, but if that continuously happened over and over with no, guys, no, 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 not, not slipping through the cracks situation, a, a situation on, on recruiting visits. And that's, that's even, were, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's even worse. Even slipping through the cracks. It's yeah. just, Especially on game days, if you don't have the staff, like, you're not going to be able to get to talk to That's everybody. even worse. I, that's what, like You can have guys miss, or you, you just didn't think they were going to be that great. And then all of a sudden, maybe you were looking at them when they were 16, and by 18, they were really good. And you were already late behind them. Yeah. Kind of like how Wisconsin got Graham Mertz. They got Graham Mertz because they were on him when he was young. And they were one of the first teams that really talked to him. And then but when he, he also started played varsity football, Jimmy Rolder never did up until when spring he, of 2021. When he started balling out, though, at 18, that's when all the Nick Sabans and, and higher echelon teams go, hey, come over here. Why don't you want to go to Alabama? But Wisconsin got in there early. That's how they got him. Now, yeah. a lot of people are probably saying to themselves, well, F. I think the most glaring part let, of this is they should have let Alabama take yeah. him. I think the most glaring part is is the fact that you didn't have a recruiting staff for a while. Like that's that's the part that like right. And then in the article too, it kind of like Paul Christ was, and that it happened over and over and yeah. over. Like milk toast was the word described earlier. Milk toast, right? Yeah. Um, and then we were looking at it. Was actually, a, I'll get to the calls in one second. I know to be on hold one second. And milk toast is a guy who spoke softly, got hit with a big stick. <laughs> The cartoon. Yeah. Spoke what, softly, got hit with a big stick. Wouldn't that, you think that's the end of Paul Christ. <laughs> he spoke softly, got hit with a big stick at yeah. the end. Wouldn't you think that... He became complacent kind of to like the 
just go with the flow mentality instead of attacking it. If all of a sudden you had recruits on campus for visits and you kind of see some people standing over there, because a lot of times what are they go through the locker rooms, they look at the facilities, they're on the field. If you're randomly seeing these kids and families and they look like football players, wouldn't you just say, huh? What the hell are these guys doing here? Shouldn't we have someone talking to them? Like how many how many weekends can go well, by where you're like, "Well, there's just a guy here. He's just kind of hanging out. We have no one talking to him." But like on a game day, that can slip through the cracks. You have so many people there plus whoever they're bringing. You have official and, and unofficial bus- right. visit at the so same time. So if if you don't have I mean, even when I was there, we had Four or five guys in the recruiting department. Yeah. And then you had people helping out on game day. Sure. Like, I don't know what they did this past eight months before Mickey Turner. But if you're on an official visit, you're all the attention to the guys on official visits. If you're on an unofficial visit, how much attention is the unofficial guys getting? You're still getting talked to. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing this kid got talked to. It's not like if you... They said no one talked to him. Right. No one knew anything, who he was or anything about him. The way nobody well, the knows you're source. there is you just showed up without it announcing that you were coming. It's inter- like interesting. you you have a name badge for check-in. Yeah. If you don't, you're not getting in the building. <laughs> you like somebody knew you were coming. Yeah. Like to the extent of what he got talked to after the fact, I don't know when he came to, yeah. to Wisconsin for this visit. Could you find it? Because no, they only have it listed I when found, you visit. I found a visit to Illinois, Iowa, and unofficial visits to Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not saying it didn't happen. Yeah. Because it, it it probably did. But, like, I... Interesting. To say nobody talked to him, somebody had to because if if they didn't know he was there, he would have never been offered. Yeah. All right. Well, to keep talking about it. See, phone line's blowing up. I'm going to get these guys in before break. Uh, line one, good morning. Who's this? Hey, Mike and Madison. Hey, Mike. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up? How are you guys? It's Friday, dude. TGIF. Yeah. Feeling good. I uh, I read the article last night, and uh, I uh, I think the most glaring part is the eight months without a yeah recruiting recruiting staff. I I, I mean, who did uh, who went to Michigan State again? The um, Saeed Khalif. Yeah, yeah, the, the head recruiter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, head recruiter went to Michigan State. And he had a staff of, I think they said ten or twelve within the first like week. Yeah, he wanted. Yeah. I think he wanted more staff in Wisconsin, and they yeah, and they said no. He had a staff no. of like eight. Yeah, then he wanted more, yeah. so they got. I think it was twelve in Michigan State. Twelve yeah. in Michigan State, yeah, and um, they even noted in there as well that Paul Christ was utilizing tools like writing letters. <laughs> hey, the personal to touch. Recruits. Personal touch. I what? It, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was like, it handwritten or typed? Handwritten. Uh, apparently handwritten. Hey. Well, I don't know. It, it didn't specify that. It was a long way. It just, I, all I'm saying. Don't you like getting a, a nice card, a handwritten card from your grandmother? I mean, who doesn't like that? Come on. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, if there's. But she's not trying to recruit me to go play for uh, you know, the retirement home. That, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not in her brunch. Yeah. You know, so. But either way, what I'm saying is. Um, he was using outdated methods. He didn't have a, a a team doing this for eight months. He was relying on coaches, and then he said that, "Oh well, guys, uh, you know they're they're not complaining of being overworked or anything like that." Yeah, they're not complaining because they're not doing anything. Of course, they're not complaining of being overworked. They're not recruiting anyone. Yeah. So they okay. wouldn't complain of yeah. being overworked. And and I don't believe the story of that kid not getting talked to. Not I mean not to that full proof. I think he would. Well, you could get like an upset parent who doesn't want to be named. They're like, oh, you never talked to my son. My son's the he best. Would have, he he, he but, would have been an All-American. You guys are right, though. He would have had to have been talked to. If he would have came on. Unless you went like an official business. Unless he like bought a ticket like like a, and and just showed Joe up. Schmo and showed yeah. up and walked. Like, yeah. Well, that's on him. Yeah. Then you're like a fan. Mike, anything else, brother? Uh, Nothing. I mean, I like the article. I just think yeah. I mean, yeah. part yeah. of it. Yeah. Part yeah. Of totally. I'm there with you. A little weird, but I, I did really like the article. The Athletic puts out good stuff. Yeah, so. totally. Yes. It might Jesse be- Temple puts out good stuff. We love you, brother. Anything yeah. else? If you want to talk Packers later, just call in a little later, right, brother? All right, man. See you. Yeah, line two, good morning. 
Oh, here, kitty, 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 kitty. Oh, the hit from Monona. Oh, it's the wildcat oh, that God. doesn't work. Oh, I The wildcat from Monona. RJ makes excuses over and over and over again. Ooh, okay, what excuse have I yes, made now? I love this. this I love um, this rivalry. Somebody uh, should have talked Did you to move to Monona? Or somebody should have had a name tag. Or, hey, on game day, he might have slipped to the crowd. Nelson, you're dead on. You wonder who I blame? I don't blame. I, I blame the media in this damn town. Where the hell is Zach and Jeff Patrikas and Mike Lucas? Those guys knew this crap all was going on for months and years, and nobody spoke up. And, and you, you wait till after Christmas gone to expose something that's been going on for months and months. Who Maybe. cares about that kid? I'll ask Zach okay, about no, that. Yeah, nobody cares about the kid. No, you know that happened. It happens in every program, but if people are making that as an excuse. But come on. I blame Zach, and I blame Mike Lucas, and I blame Jeff Patrikas. Those guys knew what was going on behind and Templeton. He's a coward. He Templeton's comes out with an article after the fact. The rat from where Charlotte's Web? Templeton? Yeah, where was Temple. he when, uh, Jesse Temple. Temple. Our Temple. The only, you know, where was he when this was going on the last 12 months? You, 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 got, you got millions and millions of dollars. And this is the kind of crap that goes behind the scenes. Where we're season ticket holders, and this is the money we spend for that kind of crap going on behind the scenes. Come on, RJ. Every one of those guys there, they should have cleaned house along with Jimmy Leonard and started all over again because everyone there is to blame. But I blame the media. Bunch of cowards. Cowards. Dave, we love you, buddy. Never change. This article came out pretty um, pretty alarming, I would say, about the recruiting department. And believe it or not, Rowdy did give you a little credit earlier this morning. What, Rowdy, what did you say about Ben? No, I said that. I think it was about a year. It was either a year ago. In the summer, or it was like last spring, like when the Brewers were starting, we were talking about Wisconsin, their recruiting, NIL, and all that stuff. And you said that the Wisconsin Badgers recruiting would take a hit. Now, you were more talking about Saeed Khalif going to Michigan State, but that in general, that this uh, team will take a hit for him leaving. We kind of scoffed at it and said, hey, since 2018, Wisconsin, they've, yeah. they've been dipping into more four stars, a couple five stars here and there. And, you know, I don't think any with how they've been playing with Paul Christ, I don't think I'll they'll see much of a dip. Well, now we're no. looking at this team. They didn't this even year. have a recruiting. So department. I said, yeah, I said, Partially, I think you got to give Ben credit. He was right. Now, I don't think anyone thought that they would replace uh, Saeed Khalif with nobody. Yeah. Eight months without a recruiting department? Well, that's why I was saying Eight it. months without a recruiting department? And everybody from the outside, we didn't know the day-to-day happenings, but we could see it. Like, they just weren't organized. They didn't hire it. They, they waited too long to hire somebody. They pretty much forego to recruiting cycle to do it. Now, I will note a lot of the stuff in Jesse's story, which everybody should read, A lot of the stuff I've heard or similar accounts in terms of unorganized visits and just an overall lack of, I would say, competence when it comes to getting kids on campus and the recruiting process. I will say in February of this year, when they promoted Mickey Turner, former tight ends coach, to recruiting head and filled that department, things are different now. It was just in the last year and a half when uh, Saeed Khalif left until they promoted Mickey Turner, they did nothing. That's so crazy. It's definitely an indictment on I it's an indictment on Chris. Listen, college football programs go as their head coaches go. When you see top of the line head coaches go to new jobs, they get things done their way. That's how college football works. So I can't look at the overall academic or the athletic department or McIntosh or Barry Alvarez, I guess. He was still there. Because it's it's on the head coach to figure that stuff out. Being a head football coach these days is not just can you coach a team. No. Uh, can you hire good staff? Are you good at X's and O's? It is are you a terrific leader of, I mean, what is a massive business? Are you a, a leader of men? Happenings or the are you milk toast? So, uh, yeah, it was alarming. I said it at the time, and we've seen the dip. I do think things will change. Well, I mean, I, this article's out. Even if it is, I assume I'm taking a lot of it for truth. But I mean, when you have some unnamed people on there, no, that can, stuff's true. You can find some unnamed people who will talk smack about any program, but there's yeah, yeah, like no one talked to my son or no one talked to Jimmy Rolder, uh, who they point out those was no rankings, no stars, and all of a sudden he's a late bloomer, four star going to Michigan. I have other accounts of similar happenings. Well, like I feel like you can find this for players. any program, people like an un- unnamed source being scorned that like. 
I can't believe they didn't talk to this kid. I get it, but it's it's the overall message of it. The eight months without a recruiting department is insane. I can confidently say that that story with the recruit is not close to the only. No, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like you can find one person probably in every program that's but when there's more people coming, like this happened with this recruit, this happened with this recruit, then it's an overall, like you said, a head coach. But I've been hearing that for years, and that's just been going on. I, I don't know. It's tough because when you fire a coach, you would expect there to be some roster turnover. I think if Leonard starts winning and this program fixes the issues, I don't think we'll see a lot of players transfer. But whenever a significant program fires a coach, you almost always yeah, see totally. players transfer out. I, I don't think Paul Curse is going to work next year, but you would think like players might follow the coach or whatever. There's going to be a rebuild here. Because the talent's going to dry up. You had a couple years of bad recruiting. Well, it is drying up, right? Well, in theory, the talent on the field right now is the highest star level it's ever been for the program. Yeah, but look at the result. Well, it hasn't worked out, and a lot of factors at play there. But in two years, three years from now, the talent's going to dry up. The question is, can you retain a lot of it from the roster right now, and can you actually go into the portal and get impact players? And for once in our lives... Can we invest in the quarterback position? <laughs> oh, can, can you blame them though? In the quarterback position is the it's the highest recruited quarterback they've ever had. Grammars they 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 did it. You yes, just, I can blame them. Well, obviously you, you can, but they did it. How can you fault them for going out and getting a four star, the highest they've ever gotten? No, since then they've done nothing. Oh yeah, they've nothing literally done in nothing the portal. That. Okay, that's what you meant. Like, look at a lot of the top programs. Like, you can go to Georgia. And Stetson Bennett was a walk-on. He's supposed to be nothing. He wins the job. They have Jaden Daniels in there, too. Like, programs are constantly trying to bolster the quarterback position, whether that guy is going to start the year or not, or just for the competition. The fact that they have not brought anybody in since landing Mertz, you're seeing the results play yeah, out. Bad. What if they brought in, and I don't think they would have going into last year, but let's say in theory, what if, what if there was a better quarterback under center last season? I, I think Wisconsin could have won the Big Ten with that team. They could have beat Penn State. Could have handed the they ball. They could have beat Michigan they in the title game. Could have handed the ball off correctly to. So well, we'll see. I hope moving forward, I, I this move is an act of looking for change, which is good. Uh, you would hope it's good. We'll see what the decisions are made staff wise, but I hope they all move forward yeah. a bit and start focusing on more hey, important Rowdy, things. Check this out. I don't know if Ben was doing a little reverse psychology last night because his picks were kind of tough. Benjamin, and I'm with him, took Northwestern in the points. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, I took Illinois last week. I'm not betting you the did. Badgers. You did. Is this a stay-away game for you? I wouldn't touch this game or that Badger team with a 10-foot pole. I love the under. 44? There's These, these offenses the are so incompetent. It's supposed to be. Usually it's gray, dark, dreary at Ryan Field. It's a 230 game, though, not 11. Also, it's sunny and a high of 50. You think this game's going to be boring? Weird. Look yeah. at the total out in uh, Champaign. I think it's 36, 36 and, a and a half. Yeah, but that's a dog fight. Illinois, I'm Iowa. excited for that one. On a, 10 points is so much. But the thing is, this Northwestern team, like we always say, Ryan Field, House of Horrors, this Northwestern team is so bad. They've lost at home to Southern Illinois. Yeah, they're only good in Dublin. Duke, Miami of Ohio. They beat a crap Nebraska team. And then Penn State came in there, turned the ball over five times, and still won by double digits. Wisconsin, I, normally... In, What's the quarterback? Is it Holinsky? Yeah. He's actually not bad. He is. He's Well, they ask him to do too much. Like he Wasn't he like a four-star recruit, like one of the best recruits that Northwestern had landed? Well, he started his career at South Carolina, and yes, he was a he was a high four star going into there. Transferred to Nebraska uh, Northwestern before last year, and then he goes to Northwestern, <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a good feeling about Saturday. Well, it's it's so impossible I mean, to on, know. On paper, Wisconsin blows the doors off them, but on the field, Wisconsin stinks. I mean, biggest, on paper, they beat Illinois 34 yeah, to 10. That's what I'm saying, but they stink. The they biggest, lost Well, that 10. Illinois team is Wisconsin stinks to be better than a lot of people thought. The biggest variable here is how do they respond to Chris? Because we've seen the they're players. All, they're all crying. It, it clearly meant a lot. The question is. I think Nick Herbig's still stopping in this pillow. Can you show up on Saturday and put together a clean game for the first time all season? At least it sounded like in that presser the two days ago that Braylon Allen is ready to move on. Well, you would hope someone can block for him. Right? I mean, Herbig had tears welling up in his eyes talking about it. 
Mertz sounded like he was ready to move on, but I'm done with him. And who else was up there, Rowdy? It was uh, Chimray DK sounded like he was ready to go. So It's just, can this team rally? Can the defense start executing under Leonard? There's so many variables here that aren't... And Jimmy's still, call, normal, Jimmy's still calling the defensive signals, too, I, I was reading. He is. This is not a normal game. It's impossible to predict what's going to happen. It can go one of two ways. Either they come out on fire, new coach, we want to get this season right, or... They fall flat because the coach is gone and they think the season's over. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, they all have touchdown in London. They are practicing. As uh, LaFleur said, they're going to run them, but not too hard. Uh, Devontae, Devontae Wyatt, who was uh, not practicing and missed yesterday, returned to practice in London. Every player on the active roster was suited up for the London practice uh, that uh, they're doing currently. So that's good. I mean, the Giants got a ton of injuries. Packers, everyone on the active roster suited up. Let's go, babies. Let's yeah. let's. Go. So Jair Alexander let's is go. going to play. Yep. That was one where I wasn't sure, just because huh, if you look at this New York Giants offense, so full participant yesterday, Rowdy. Saquon Barkley is back to being healthy. It's funny when everyone says, "Oh, Saquon Barkley stinks." The last couple of years, Saquon Barkley is the same guy he was when he came into the league. There's only a couple differences. The offensive line is better. And Saquon Barkley is not hurt. Yeah. He's he's still he's, a beast when healthy, he and good. somebody blocks for him. He good. But then you have all of the question marks around quarterback, all of the question marks around wide receiver, and you know so, that their defense isn't some, you know, it's it, this isn't a top five defense for the New York Giants. So Sterling Shepard is out, like he's saying. He's like, out indefinitely. He's out indefinitely. He said, I'm not going to retire. I'm a fighter. Uh, Kenny Galladay is out. Is out. Uh, now this, uh, Brian DeBall for uh, the Giants, he said that their wide receiver, Kadarius uh, Tony, He's out. He was nursing a hamstring injury, did not make the trip to London. So he, he's not playing. He's out. <laughs> and He's in America. And just he's in general, here. those are their top three wide receivers. And by the way, they have two other wide receivers that are currently like four, five, six on their roster. Yeah. Two out of those three are nursing injuries. They're they're not they're gonna play, but they're not a hundred percent healthy. And then on top of that, Darius uh, Slayton, if you remember that name from fantasy football the last couple of years, this is a guy that for a lot of people that play fantasy football probably was picked up on the waivers for a week here and there mm-hmm. where he had some good weeks. He's been like non existent this year, even with all these guys being injured. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about injuries if Brian Lewerke plays quarterback, I know that Daniel Jones was seen. Look at Daniel Jones going to play uh, practicing and running around. But think about this: Tyrod Taylor with the Tua and the, all the concussion stuff yeah, these days. Not. There's no way in hell that they're letting a quarterback play a week after getting a concussion. Nope. And Jones, if you watch him play, he actually is for a quarterback. He's an athletic guy. He can move around in the pocket. He even runs from time to time. You're telling me he's got a bad ankle? We're not talking about a surgical Daniel Jones. No. Daniel Jones, <laughs> Daniel Jones, when he's decent, he's efficient, and he actually gets out, moves around, and, and will run. If he yeah. has a bad ankle and he's not able to do that, and it becomes strictly a pocket-passing Daniel Jones Look with up. your top Look three up, receivers out and five out of your six top receivers dinged up, my lord, me it's, thinks, liter- it's literally Saquon Barkley. Methinks Rowdy will be a heavy dose of Saquon Barkley on Sunday. And at the same time, you look at that, Green Bay has struggled to stop the run. Well, look at, look, they're like, we, we got to get the football to Saquon Barkley any way possible. That's that's passing, that's rushing. Well, look at the Packers. I know Devondre Campbell has missed a lot more tackles already this season than he did last season. But Quay Walker seems to all of a sudden flash the first four weeks. And we know that both of them have speed to run sideline to sideline better than any other season in which they had like a Blake yep. Martinez playing linebacker. They should be a, if they can't neutralize Saquon Barkley being the only guy out there this weekend for the New York Giants. Joe's berries need to be checked. <laughs> Joe's berries. Now we talked about it at seven o'clock, but again, Aaron Rodgers out walking around. I uh, found a who's a good boy, who's a good little puppy. There was a dog out there. Rogers was petting him. They posted all over, going viral. Rowdy, I saw a funny picture. Uh, someone in London who had no idea what was going on the other day. Um, 
I took a picture of a, a Packer fan that was, um, you know, walking around the um, the Tottenham Hotspurs arena, and they had a cheese head on, the big foam cheese. And the caption was, I don't know what's happening in London right now, but does this guy know he have a, a cheese head on? And it went viral. This person in London had no idea that, A, about Packer fans, or maybe even about the Packers, and B or C, about them actually having a game in London. And then her mentions were getting destroyed saying like, how do you not know? So there you go. The Packers are in London. People are experiencing it all. Uh, there's huge like posters of Aaron Rodgers and Saquon Barkley all out there. They got gigantic. Remember the, uh, when the NFL was in, in Chicago and they had uh, those, well, I think they have them all the, uh, the draft events, the giant helmets everywhere. Like a huge, like gigantic statue helmet things. They have those all over London, the Packer ones. Um, and other stuff. So the Packers are out there. Rogers is on the podium right now. I'm not going to play a lot of it. But I'm just curious what he has to say here out in London. Uh, let's see here. A Raj. In, so we'll see. I haven't. Uh, I mean, I had a couple last year, but if I run run one in for sure. That's him doing the London leap, Rowdy. The London see. leap. This is him live right now in in London. They've been good to me. They sent me a lot of kits, like gear. They played at Lambo this year. Uh, Be Man City. Is the but soccer yeah, team you support? I enjoy, I enjoy city, and uh, honestly, I got I got into it watching uh, the documentary about the team and, and enjoying just the way Pep handled the team. All right, so there's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not gonna, I'm not a show that plays press conferences live. It's whatever. Uh, that's Aaron Rodgers though talking to the media. Matt Lafleur just got done on the podium uh, not too long ago. So they're in London, ready to take on the Giants. Uh, we'll get into it. Well, comments coming up. So last night Thursday night football was uh, wow. That was bad. That was terrible. Amazon, the game itself, the game was awful. It was all field goals. The Colts in overtime beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos 12 to 9. It, it set football back ages. Here's the thing Amazon, because it's on Prime, paid $13 billion over 11 years. 13 with a B, billion dollars over 11 years for Thursday Night Football. That's $1.18 billion per year. And there are 15 Thursday Night Football games per year. So, long story short, they paid $78 million to broadcast the Colts-Broncos game last night, and it was awful. I'll say the most surprising Terrible. thing you just said right there, because I don't really ever look into big-time, like, uh, what, TV contracts, Yeah, is that Amazon Prime is going to have the next decade worth of Thursday Night Football. Get strap in, Rowdy. You better... You better get a new computer or uh, some kind of oh. some kind of a smarter TV or some kind of like uh, Chromecast or whatever it is that you can shoot some of your TV to watch it. Jeff Bezos is worth one hundred and forty four point four billion dollars. One hundred and forty four point four with a B. I have not watched billion any of the Thursday night games yet this year. On you saved yourself from last Amazon night. Prime. You saved yourself last. And then, night. do you see who's on Amazon Prime next week? Oh, is it? It's the Commanders versus the Bears. Oh, that's going to be terrible. That's going to be bad. So yeah, that was kind of like the funny thing going around Twitter last night. It was like, hey, they'll pay seventy-eight million dollars to broadcast that game. Don't too. worry, don't worry. There's always next week. Oh wait, the matchup is Commanders and Bears. Yikes! Wow. Um, no, I haven't watched it. I've been telling you and you and RJ. So my laptop that I use is the laptop that I bought starting after we graduated high school for college, which was which is now going to be going on close to ten years old. Mm-hmm. And you have to have certain updates and certain flash for it to work. Yeah, I bet you they just stop updating. Like, yeah, yeah my, I can use Amazon to order things, but my flash and all the updates aren't up to date, so I can't watch the actual <laughs> video or the whatever. So I, I don't get the games. But then on the other hand... You better, you, you better get ready because you got 10 years of this, Rowdy. Yeah, I know. Then on the other hand... All the other TVs, it's like if you have like your Roku or your smart TV, you can get it. I can only get this game on one TV in my entire house. <laughs> and honestly, when it's some of these teams, and like, now that it's going to be, you know, playoff baseball beyond, maybe there's a good movie on. 
frankly don't care much to watch. Yeah. And it sounds like I didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything. And you won't miss anything next week either because the Bears are terrible. The Commanders are terrible. They're going to be playing for Jeff Bezos <laughs> in prime. Uh, but speaking of bad games, Sunday is the first time in 31 games for the International Series that it'll be two teams with a winning record. Uh, it started in 2007. They were in Wembley. It was Giants-Dolphins. That was the first one that kicked off the London games. Well, and that's, 13 to 10 was the score. The teams that they first started, you know, I I'll, guess. I'll read them. Giants-Dolphins. 2008 was Chargers-Saints. 2009, Patriots-Buccaneers. That was 35 to 7. The Bucks got manhandled. Uh, the Broncos-Niners. Uh, Bears-Bucks. All these, all these scores. Patriots-Rams, 45 to 7. That was terrible. I mean, the Packers are literally the last team to do it, and it's this year. Yeah, but when they first started this, obviously they were trying to make money for the NFL. They were trying to expand their brand. Remember what? Not even two decades ago, they had NFL Europe. <laughs> yep. And I have some of those cards somewhere that kind of flamed out. Oh, I remember you could pick like the in Madden. Yeah, in Madden, you could pick to be some of the NFL Europe teams. I think it was like the Barcelona Dragons and like uh, what was it? Oh, I can't. Rem- I can see the logos. One team was like a hammer. What? Regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, but anyways, like they're trying to expand their brand and they're trying to make money. But I think the-, the hammer was the Berlin Thunder. That makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, I was thinking Germany, but I couldn't think of the the, the city. Berlin Thunder. Um, but yeah, there was a Netherlands team. I think it was the Amsterdam. The Amsterdam Admirals. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, enough with the NFL Europe. But anyways, <laughs> but anyways, the reason why they started throwing some of the teams over there to make the money and to expand and all this other stuff was they would throw Jacksonville over it all the time because their nobody would go to Jacksonville games and all those games would always be blacked out. Well, their owner also owns a uh, English Premier League team. Um, Khan, he's you know, he's over there. Yeah, but I'm saying like for their TV market, no one was going to their games anyway. Yeah. So they're like, here, we'll go throw this bad team that nobody's watching or going out to the games. We'll make them play in London. And then it kind of turned into, well, we're going to, you know, because who doesn't like football? Even even Europeans who think soccer is so great can admit that American football is better. <laughs> okay to your point rowdy i was on a podcast two days ago and uh we uh, called the uh, lombardi's bar and they invited in an nfl fan from europe uh she is a an, a newly budding packers fan and she said american football she doesn't even care about soccer or their version of football it's all about american football for her and she's going to the game to see the packers and she lives in the area and she's stoked she's a, the, like everyone's are buzzing over it well, and now that you're starting to get every single team to go over so that they can, you know, see, quote unquote, everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is clearly one of the, on paper, better record matchups, but also some of the better players like Aaron Rodgers. Like they haven't really sent over anyone like an Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? It's like a, I, know, yeah. I know some of those guys, it's a lot of bad matchups because the NFL doesn't care about those matchups. That's why they send them to London. Yeah, and the Packers fought it tooth and nail for so long. They're literally the last team to do it. They didn't want to give it a home game. And hell, even last year, two years ago, Roger was talking about how they didn't want to do this. He's like, it's no. Remember that? And now he's like glowing about it. Wasn't it not too long ago they were sending teams over to play in like Mexico City? Oh, yeah, there's one coming up this year. Is there another one this year? On the 21st, it's the Niners and the Cardinals. November 21st, Niners, Cardinals. And they also have. Germany, too. That's going to be this year. Seahawks versus the Buccaneers in Munich. Like, I guess you don't really think of it, but I guess there are a lot of teams across the or fans across the world. But, man, the NFL draft, the Europeans in the NFL draft, they drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, get you this don't... guy that doesn't that speaks broken English with his crappy Internet connection off of the NFL draft. You don't want other people that having fun rounds? Quick before we go to break, uh, let's go to the phone. Let's go. Line one, who's this? Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Boys, it's Sean. How are you guys? Sean, what's up, dude? Oh, not much. On my way to a charity golf outing today. So, you know. A little chilly. Work and, yeah, yeah. Well, you can bundle up. It's fine. Plenty of. Yeah, you can, you can put clothes on. You can't take them all off. Did you hear news of the weird? 
I didn't. I just turned you guys on. Oh, uh, news of the weird. There was uh, this high school team in Texas was having practice. They had to cancel practice. They had to call their parents to come get them because during the, the practice, there was a strip club in Texas having a golf annual golf tournament, a lot of lewd activity. So let's, <laughs> fingers crossed it either happens or doesn't happen to you today, Sean. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that anyone wants to see me get naked, but uh, I understand. I, Listen, I, don't, I don't want your wife to come pick you up and be mad at you, okay? That's true. That's true. That's a smart answer. <laughs> uh, uh, so I heard you guys talking about the money grab that is, you know, NFL, Europe-esque. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's interesting because I know a lot of people who really like soccer, and I can appreciate like I like soccer. soccer. I played it my whole life, you know? so Yeah, and so, and I can appreciate uh, a lot of things about it, right? But, like, I think I think as long as you treat them as two separate things and understand that they're very different games, like yeah. you can have an appreciation for both. Like, yeah. Uh, um, but I do think it's interesting. I think the real reason this game is going to have so much attention, other than the fact that it's two good teams, two good winning records, is just like the the name recognition, right? Like anybody who has heard of like three NFL teams has probably heard of the Packers. You've probably heard of the New York Giants, just because New York is a huge city, right? Yeah. And so like they're in that top group, so uh, it should be exciting. Uh, I. I don't. I mean, I, I, it sucks to give up the home game. I get it, but um, you know, L- Lambo in the last few years, especially come the cold time, has not been as magical as we might have liked. Yeah. And now they have that extra game too. So yeah, know, right, there's right, that, right. There's that yeah, to no, throw around. Yeah. Hey, Sean, you think yeah. Packers win? Quick. I, I, I do. I do. Uh, like, I, I, everyone, I think has probably talked about it all week. If you put nine guys in the box like Daniel Jones is just not going to beat you with that with what he's got and yeah. especially if Jair is, is in right like yep, yep, just, he's a full participant in practice yep. I saw a stat that said uh, like big plays 20 yards or longer maybe you guys talked about it this week 20 yards or longer like the Packers are top two in the league uh, and they have a pretty good balance at like 17 rushes over 20 yards and 18 passes the Giants were also pretty high but it was 25 runs and four passes so <laughs> You know, yeah. stop Saquon and you'll be fine. Yeah. Sean, you're the man, brother. Good luck golfing. Hit him long, hit him straight. All right. All right. Thanks, boys. See you, buddy.